What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show, February 25th. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page at the Mitch Davis Show, or find the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. We got a very special edition of the podcast today. We're joined by a regular, but he's also an SEC and ESPN personality. Mike Morgan will be joining us momentarily to talk about SEC basketball and all the things that are going on within the Southeastern Conference basketball ranks. But first and foremost, before we get to that interview, I'd like to say a special thank you to our sponsors at S.Y. Wilson in Arlington, Tennessee. They're located on the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. They've got everything you could ever possibly dream of. They've got collegiate apparel for Memphis and Tennessee and Ole Miss and everybody in the SEC. They've also got bait and tackle. They've got Yeti. They've got everything that you could possibly dream of there. At S.Y. Wilson on the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page at The Mitch Davis Show. Shoot us an email at TheMitchDavisShow at AOL.com. And we're also on TikTok now by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show 12. And also, you can find the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. We're on Google. We're on Apple, we're on SoundCloud, we're everywhere in between. So be sure you go check out the podcast at all of those locations. I want to give a special thank you and a welcome to Mike Morgan, ESPN personality and SEC Network personality as well. He is a wonderful interview, so I hope you guys get something from this podcast. Again, I'm your host, Mitch Davis. Follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore eight. I am joined now by ESPN personality, SEC network personality, Mike Morgan. How are you doing? Regular on the show, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm doing very well. Always good to talk to you, Mitch. It's always a good time to talk to you, especially when we're talking about college basketball and the craziness that is the SEC. What are your takeaways real quick before we get into 1 through 14 and the SEC tournament and all of that good stuff? Well, I think some people have labeled this potentially uh, a disappointing season for the SEC because maybe some people were a little too high on, on some teams. I mean, I guess I would say I was partially guilty about that. I, I missed on a couple teams, but for the most part, you know, the SEC to me is going to get at least five, potentially six. Uh, and if that happens in, in this year of college basketball, that's really not disappointing. I mean, the only league that's probably going to have more would be the Big Ten. And by the way, the SEC is 4-2 and two against the Big Ten, so I, I no disrespect to the Big Ten. It's a great league. I don't think they're twice as good as the SEC, but but the way the computer rankings have everything set up, that's that's the, what happened. Uh, they had a better November-December out of conference, and, and that that is really what dictates uh, the, the conference rankings for most of the computer uh, permutations, so that, that's where we are. I, I think that uh, the top is pretty much what I thought it would be. I mean, Florida is not as good as any of us thought, but uh, you know, I, at the end of the year, I wouldn't want to play them. Uh, Kentucky is Kentucky. LSU, I know they've hit a little bit of a skid now, but uh, they're still a good team, particularly on offense. And, and Auburn, I think, has actually exceeded expectations considering all they lost. I think Bruce Pearl's done a great job. And, and then you have the 
the most bubbleicious year that I can recall in the SEC since I've been covering it. Uh, you've literally got four teams that are all just sitting there right on the Joe Lenardi first four out, next four out, or, or right outside of that. And what happens in these next couple weeks is going to determine their fate. Uh, you know, the, everybody else is playing for seating at the top. And if you're not one of those four teams, <clears throat> chances are you're just playing out the string. Uh, maybe an NIT berth, but you're not going to do much more than that. But I, I think the, the, the most intrigue comes with Mississippi State, South Carolina, Alabama, and Arkansas. And, and I think uh, that's going to determine for a lot of national people whether or not the SEC had a good year or an average year. When you look at this bottom half of the SEC, and we'll get into that middle pack a little bit as well, when you look at this bottom half, Missouri, uh, Ole Miss, Georgia, Vanderbilt, who has been the biggest disappointment to you? I know you and I were very high on Ole Miss coming into the season. Uh, I would say Ole Miss is right up there. Um, when that, when Brian Tyree announced he was coming back, and then you've got Shuler, uh, they had a couple good recruits come in. You had Buffin, you had Henson. There was no reason to think after Kermit Davis, who I I voted for SEC Coach of the Year last year, uh, and he won the award, deservedly so, there was no reason to believe they would take a major step back. But I will say this. I underestimated, and Kermit has told me, Terrence Davis, who's now in the NBA, which I did, never would have thought two or three years ago, uh, Terrence Davis was the ultimate locker room guy. So if you weren't doing your job and if you were not – busting your butt in practice or you were sulking or you were just not working hard, Terrence Davis would call you to the, the carpet and he was intimidating enough physically where you, you were going to listen to TD. Uh, they lost a lot of intangibles when they lost him. And I didn't expect that. I love Brian Tyree. He's a terrific uh, player and scorer and I wish him well at the next level. But Brian Tyree down the stretch of games hasn't made enough plays. Like I, for example, Anthony Edwards at Georgia might be the number one pick in the draft. And there was a national writer, I believe, that said he's the SEC player of the year. And my response to that was, well, then you haven't been watching a whole lot of SEC basketball because there's no way he's the player of the year. Uh, he, he doesn't make winning plays. He's put up a lot of numbers. But Georgia is where they are in part because he hasn't made enough winning plays. Not knocking the kid, his game, he's got ridiculous talent. One of the most physically... A gifted players, one of the best uh, shooters that I've seen, but by the same token, he's 18 years old, and 18-year-old kids who have been lighting up the AAU circuit haven't learned a lot of times how to win games. Brian Tyree, down the stretch of games, one person very close to Ole Miss basketball told me that's just where he has shined the least, and so that is that has been an issue for, for Ole Miss overall. Again, I like where the program is heading under, heading under Kermit Davis. I like uh, a lot of the young players on that team. I just think they lost a lot with Terrence Davis because Terrence Davis would have been the guy who would have made those winning plays down the stretch of close games last year, and he routinely did it. Tyree, on a night where he scores 30 points, they might still lose in the closing seconds because of turnover here, a, fresh, a missed free throw there. So Ole Miss, I thought, would be better than they have been. I, other than that, I mean, I guess some people would say Georgia because, again, when you've got the number one player in the draft, you feel like uh, you're going to win more games. But they're relying on a ton of freshmen. Uh, they're extremely young, and Rayshon Hammonds, 
Some nights he shows up and some nights he doesn't. And because of that inconsistency, they've lost a lot of close games as well. Vanderbilt is where I thought they would be, especially when they lost Neesmith to to injury. Uh, There's just no reason for me to believe that Vanderbilt was going to be that much better with that roster. And we're still, we're still finding out who Jerry Stackhouse is as a college coach. You know, a lot of NBA guys like Avery Johnson, like Chris Mullen, like Pat Ewing have found out it's not that easy. And many of them have failed. Uh, I, I think Clyde Drexler is on that list. There's, there's a, a bunch of them. Uh, but we'll see what Vandy has going forward. You know, and, and the rest of the bottom is, is kind of what we expected. I think Tennessee's in transition. I will not want to play Tennessee next year. Get your wins against Rick Barnes while you can now uh, because they've got his best recruiting class coming in and a lot of good players coming back, and they're still very competitive this year because he's one of the best coaches in the game. Uh, so, But I, to answer your question, I guess Ole Miss and Georgia, but even there I'm not, I'm not shocked at the result, just a little bit disappointed. You know, sticking in the state of Mississippi, Mississippi State has been one of these teams that has been very helter-skelter. They've been very inconsistent. You know, one, four or five games, they look really good. Four or five games, they look really bad. Talk about Mississippi State and what they have to do in your mind to get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I didn't put Mississippi State on that list because I, I I still think they're somehow going to find their way into the tournament, but they better get their act together quickly. Um uh, I mean, the, the simple answer to your question is when they can't have another disappointing loss. Uh, they certainly can't lose at home. You know, they've got a rematch game against South Carolina that could make or break them in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and my guess is all these teams I'm talking about on the bubble are going to have to do some work in Nashville. I don't think any of them can go one and done and get in the tournament. So that applies to Ben Hallen's group as well. Uh, they're they're going to have to do that. And to me, to, you know, to get more kind of micro on it, uh, Nick Weatherspoon has to, so much of what they do depends on him being successful. Uh, you know what you're getting out of Reggie Perry more often than not. Uh, you know what you're getting out of Woodard, and you know what you're getting out of a do. But I, but some days Nick Weatherspoon looks like his brother, a guy that could take over games, and other days uh, he hurts you. And so he needs to be the guy that facilitates all that talent around him. Uh, I don't care if he scores six points. If he's got an eight to one assist to turnover ratio, they're going to win. If he scores twenty six points, and they have to play each other on Saturday. I think Kentucky does. Uh, look, Auburn was terrific to win that first meeting. Game day was there. Great crowd. Uh, huge win. One of the biggest wins in, in, in their program's recent history. But in a rematch at Rupp, the way Kentucky is playing, there's not many teams I'm going to pick to beat Kentucky right now. Uh, so I will, I will take Kentucky to win the regular season championship. And then you, we all know how good they play in the SEC tournament. No one's going to pick against them in Nashville. Uh, but I mean, the difference between this year and previous years, I think there are certainly multiple teams that are capable of beating Kentucky in Nashville. I just think you have to make them the odds on favorite. When you look at a team like LSU, LSU has been one of these teams where they get hot then they get a little low, uh, lost ETSU earlier in the season, which actually doesn't turn out to be a bad loss. Talk about LSU. This has been one of those weird years for LSU as well. Well, I think with LSU, they are great on offense, but they got a couple guys that get picked apart on defense. And I don't know. I mean, at this point, 
I've been a big believer that in late February, you are what you are. If you're a poor free throw shooter through the whole season, you're not going to all of a sudden be a good one come March. Uh, you know, if you're a guy that doesn't shoot the three well all season, you're not all of a sudden going to shoot 50% in, in March. To me, it's not like baseball where the utility infielder all of a sudden gets on a hot streak and comes out of nowhere. Basketball, you kind of are what you are. And so the guys that have struggled to defend all year long are probably going to keep struggling to defend. And that's why that's what stops LSU from being a really good team. I think they're good, but on, on offense, they can light up anybody. But And they're a great rebounding team. But in order to be really good, especially come this time of year, you've got to be able to defend. And I just don't think they're a good enough defensive team where they can be, again, what I would put in that really good category, a team that could... Uh, win the SEC championship, a team that could make the Final Four. I don't see that this year. I see it's a good team that's going to get in the big dance and maybe win a game or two, but I, I'm not willing to go much farther than that right now. A few more questions I have for you. I think you were on the call for the 86-year-old old Miss uh, yeah. lady sinking the putt. Let's talk about that before we get into Player of the Year and Coach of the Year talk. Uh, talk about that moment, because I know that was a pretty cool moment to witness in person. It was really cool. I, you know, I actually, true story. I was, I was coming back from the bathroom because halftime is the only time we have a chance to really get a, a bathroom break in. I'm walking back from that corner of the arena into it, uh, and the cheerleaders and, and dance team just wrapped up their thing, and everybody was pumped up about what they just did. And I put my head down. I'm about to sit down and, and look over the stat sheet and some of my notes. And I hear the loudest roar. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was the loudest roar of the night and probably the loudest roar of the season at the pavilion. And I look up and I see this old-looking elderly lady <laughs> getting this huge hug. I see her with a putter in her hand. I didn't. See, I didn't watch the whole putt go all the way through. I didn't know what was going on. And then I and then I hear the, the the loud horn go off, and they're playing the Gap Band. You drop the bomb on me, and everybody's going nuts. And I asked my uh, my stage manager, my stats guy. I said, "What the heck just happened?" He said that lady just hit the putt. I said, "From ninety four feet, baseline to baseline." He said, "Yeah." I said, "That's crazy." And so it was. It was awesome. It was. It was really awesome. And then, of course, I knew it was only a matter of time. We were counting down the hours when that would go viral, because once it did, it was going to be on every uh, Twitter account, Instagram, uh, Sports Center, everything. And sure enough, once it got out there, it was one of the favorite moments of the week. You know, staying on the just favorite memory line before we get into Player of the Year real quick, what has been a game or moment that has really stood out to you this season uh, and all your broadcasting that you've done this season? I've had a couple of great ones. I mean, this has been a really fun year for me. I, I think number one was South Carolina beating Kentucky on a 30-foot bank shot at the buzzer uh, in overtime. Uh, that's that's number one. I think that, that, um, that clip with our call had about 900,000 uh, plays in the first 24 hours. And then I had the LSU Auburn game at Auburn again, another buzzer beater, a Dowdy uh, hits a, a runner that hits the back rim and then goes in for Auburn to win it in the, in the closing seconds, really the final two minutes of that game and, and, and overtime 
were just terrific. So I, I've had a couple of really fun ones to call, but those two would stand out. I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, your interaction with Bully down in Starkville. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to, if we're going with off the court, yes, being uh, being uh, licked by Bully, uh, aka Dak in or Jack, I should say, uh, in Starkville. That that's right up there. Joe Klein and I had a we're both dog lovers, and we we had a an idea. I asked the lady. I said, "Would you be willing to put this uh, this dog on our table?" Because we're, we're going over the history of the Bulldogs. It was Bulldogs versus Bulldogs. And she agreed. And uh, then it was just good old-fashioned live television. You don't know what the heck's going to happen when you've got a, a large uh, pooch on the desk with two guys talking. And the pooch is uh, very friendly. So, yeah, that would be right up there as well in terms of non-court action. We're going to close with this. And, you know, SEC this season, there's been a lot of good players, a lot of uh, interesting coaches who is your player of the year as of right now with two weeks left, and who is also your coach of the year? Player of the year, I think, is a two-person race at this point. I think it's either Nick Richards or Emmanuel Quickly of Kentucky. Um, and I'll, I'll wait till the final few games go down to the wire and see who performs the best to give you which one of those. You know, a month ago, Reggie Perry would have been in that conversation. They haven't won enough. Uh, a month ago... Um, Maybe Dowdy of Auburn would have been in that conversation. Maybe even Skylar Mays of LSU. But, you know, both those programs have, have hit a tough stretch. So that knocks them out. Mason Jones of Arkansas is a terrific talent. And gosh knows he is so valuable to what they do. But, I mean, he's, he's just not going to win it because they've got a losing record in conference. They're fighting for their, their bubble lives as we speak. Uh, so I would say one of those two. I'd say Richards or, or Quickly. Coach of the year? Wow. I it, I think I think that if if everything else just kind of keeps the way it's going. In other words, if Auburn is playing, you know, they're they're good and I think Bruce has done one of his best coaching jobs, but they're not quite over the hump good. They're not, you know, like last year good. Uh then I, I think it's Cal. I know that's a boring pick, and I I try to find that overachiever. Again, last year my vote uh, was with Kermit of Ole Miss, and they didn't win the league. I don't, I don't think this – it's silly to me to think you have to win the league to be coach of the year, player of the year. But I, I do think if it's – you know if nobody else stands out, then very often that's going to be the case. And Coach Cal had a really rough start to the season, and – uh, a lot of talk about well, this is this is not going to be a good Kentucky team, and here they are; uh, they're at the top. So I'd probably say Coach Cal right now. He is Mike Morgan. Tell them where you they can follow you on Twitter. Of course, uh, you'll be at two games this week, so tell them where you'll be uh, this week as well. At Morgan on Air on Twitter, at Morgan on Air twenty two on Instagram. Uh, would love to have you. Uh, Check it out, and you can uh, keep up with uh, my travels around the SEC and elsewhere. But uh, we'll be in Arkansas Wednesday night when the Razorbacks, kind of a must-win situation, will play Tennessee. And then on Saturday, great bubble game, South Carolina at Alabama. You have been listening to The Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page of the Mitch Davis Show, or find the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. I want to thank our very special guest, 
Mike Morgan from ESPN and the SEC Network for coming on the podcast today to talk about our favorite thing, and that is college basketball. Hope you enjoyed that interview, and also a special shout-out to S.Y. Wilson on the historic Arlington and Tennessee Depot Square for their continued support of the Mitch Davis Show. You can go check them out. They've got all your collegiate needs. They've got all your outdoors needs. Head on over to S.Y. Wilson and tell them that Mitch Davis from the Mitch Davis Show sent you and they will absolutely hook you up with the best of the best. Again, thank you to our very special guest and Mike Morgan for coming on the podcast today. And until next time, I will catch you all in a bit.